Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. A wise man once said, to get somewhere, we have to begin where we was. For men just beginning their journey, the first fruits of home feeds that direction. Growing up, we would pray, like together often at least, um, but I would say they did a lot of the right things in the sense of they got me baptized, they got me confirmed. Um, we went to Mass on Sundays, and they put me in a Catholic school system, like I graduated from O'Gorman. So those were just like instrumental and just huge when it came to my faith, just being like aware of that. But I'd say the biggest witness they had, and I'm just like so grateful for, is that maybe they we didn't pray together as much as most families, but they just loved, they loved me extremely well. Yeah, they loved me extremely well, and they just like were a witness of God's love through that. So that's what I would say for that question is, yeah, not necessarily like prayed together a ton or did like knew about the faith like teachings, but they were just beautiful witnesses and like loving, loving the whole family well. Um, the Newman Center has definitely just been the opportunity as long as well as just with college as just making the faith my own. Yeah, just like willingly choosing it and just running with it, you know, like so it's been huge. like. Just having fellowship and fraternity and um, leading men and men leading me and we're just walking together. I guess my heart has grown to love the Lord as they're just been witnesses to his goodness and his kindness. Um, But also just, yeah, finding my own identity in Christ and what he's called me to be. So the Newman Center has been huge for me. Um, Yeah, it's just like a place where I was able to experience the Lord's love, you know. Grew up small town kind of family, uh, went to church every Sunday, but that's kind of where my faith was and kind of where it stayed uh, for the most part through up and to through high school, uh, kind of just going to church on Sundays, but it didn't really take the rest of the sacraments and just the rest of the faith very seriously. You know, being raised like cradle Catholic, like being Catholic was the thing that I did. I never really had much exposure to other faiths or anything. It was my dad was you're Catholic because I'm Catholic. And that's kind of where that begins and ends for better or for worse. Um, you know, it, I didn't, I wasn't really exposed to Protestantism or, you know, other faiths, uh, regardless outside of Christianity at all. Uh, I just, you know, we're Catholic because that's what my family does. Uh, and it kind of began and end there. So like I said, uh, it started out great as just really have a good reason as to why you're Catholic. You just um, do the things that you do because your parents told you to. Um, so being raised Catholic was definitely a benefit because I just knew what I was supposed to do. I just kind of was really relaxed in that area and I didn't really take it all that seriously. So uh, it wasn't really until I came to college where I kind of, I stumbled into the uh, Newman Center at my university pretty much on accident. More or less just because I randomly ran into a couple of people. One of them just so happened to be a Newman Center regular. And then I started hanging out with him a little bit more and found a cute girl that I started dating my freshman year. And so that was kind of my transition uh, into the Newman Center. Uh, Slowly but surely, all my friends just kind of become the Newman kids that I would hang out with all the time. And so really surrounding myself in that community in the Newman Center was really what propelled me forward uh, to take my faith more seriously. And just kind of that camaraderie that all the men that I was with was just surrounding ourselves being better and better men. Uh, Also taking leadership positions within the Knights of Columbus that I was a part of my freshman year. Uh, And even now to this being elected uh, the Grand Knight of the Council here at SDSU. Uh, Just all that kind of combined and just that camaraderie bringing me forward. Uh, you know, pursuing sanctity, pursuing sainthood uh, from my freshman year of college and even to this day. So 
so I owe uh, most of my faith and my faith formation to my father. Um, he was he was a lead by example kind of guy. He wasn't gonna like uh, shove it down your throat. Um, you know, I have I come from a family of five boys, um, and so he did a very good job of living the faith and showing us the faith and giving us all the tools that we needed while not shoving it down our throats. As far as you know, my some of my earliest memories are every night my dad would come into our room. And we, he'd read us uh, a book or something like that. We read a lot of really great books when we were kids. He read us um, The Chronicles of Narnia. I think it was like The Knights of Ravenhurst, um, a bunch of C.S. Lewis books. Um, uh, and then some other some other tougher ones, kind of even for our age. Like He read us Rome Sweet Home and um, Kentucky or uh, Philadelphia Catholic in uh, King James Court, um, you know, when we were, you know, 10, 10 12 years old. And so he'd, he'd always read us something like that. And then we talk about it. There were times we'd spend half hour, four or five minutes talking, having really deep conversations, especially for how young we were. Um, and then we'd usually sing a song or something like that. And then we'd uh, and then we'd just say a couple short prayers together. And just kind of having that consistency of um, that consistent example and consistent exposure to um, to the faith. And then you know him making sure that you know every Sunday, no matter what, we were at mass. There was no excuse. There was no reason to miss mass unless you were you know sick, um, and that was the only reason. And even then, it was a all right. If you're sick, you're watching it on TV, or you know you're going to go sick. It was one of those two options. And he made an effort, like he put down his work to come and put us to bed when we were kids and making us that priority and seeing that, that we were that priority, that priority and our faith was that priority really did wonders for us. And when I got into high school and whatever, it kind of came to the point where he kind of took a step back. Um, him and mom both kind of took a step back and basically it was a, okay, now it's your choice as like, now, like, you know, it just got to the point where we were so busy with sports it kind of became, all right, I'm not going to put you, I'm not going to tuck you into bed anymore. You have to do that yourself. You know, you have to, you have to choose to pray by yourself. You have to choose to continue to live your faith and kind of having him give me that foundation, but then also stepping back and letting me choose it um, really helped me, really helped me embrace my faith. Then when I came to college, like the first thing that I sought out, all of that together that my dad gave me kind of led me to take the next step once I was out on my own. Certainly, their desire to share their faith is compelling. Their need and drawing into fraternity even more so. A lot of the experience that I have with kind of sharing my faith uh, in part comes from the leadership roles that I was partaking in with the Newman Center and just kind of being there and helping uh, do things, whether it was tabling on campus, kind of, you know, working with a few of the organizations, the pro-life example, also in kind of a much smaller way. Uh, that's been very fruitful was when I would go to work, like I mentioned, I'm a flight instructor here at SDSU. A lot of people are just kind of falling away uh, in their faith in that sense. And they just don't take it all that seriously. So one thing that I do here at work is, and I don't hide my faith. Uh, it, you know, I'm not walking up like, you know, knocking on people's doors, like saying, oh, do you, have you been saved and all that stuff? I don't do that. Um, but if someone asks me about, you know, what were you doing on Sunday? Oh, you know, I went to church and then I w- went back and I said a holy hour, you know, did this, that or whatever. I don't lie about it. I don't hide it. That draws a genuine curiosity uh, from a lot of friends. You know, I've got one of my coworkers. Uh, I grew up with him. We were friends in high school. He came to SDSU. I also went to SDSU. And then we're working together as flight instructors now. And I'll talk to him every now and again, say, you know, you know, he'll ask me a question about, you know, what did I do yesterday? I said, oh, well, I stopped by the church yesterday and went to uh, set a confession. You want to go next week? Uh, it's just some little way to say, 
I know that you don't take your faith all that seriously. And then he sees that I do. And he's like, well, Josh is doing something right. So I might as well try whatever he, whatever it is he's doing. So little things have just, you know, you don't have to be the guy at the water cooler is always talking about Jesus or talking about faith, um, but just not hiding uh, who you are and just not lying about your faith is definitely one big way of kind of sharing your faith with other people kind of in the real world, so to speak. I think a, a big way that I would say I'm I'm sharing my faith is, is actually kind of uh, preparing to share my faith. In, in my life, in my vocation, I've, I felt like uh, my call to be a missionary is to just be a missionary in my hometown, in my home parish. Th- because of that, I've been trying to preparing myself for that role in like hometown missionary. I got uh, kind of wrangled into teaching fifth grade uh, CCD at uh, St. Thomas More here in town because um, that was one of those things when I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, there's always a need for that in small town South Dakota is like there you're always short on people on CCD teachers, especially especially male CCD teachers. And so that was evident um, opportunity that was given to me. It was like, you know, there will come a time in my life where this where I probably will be called upon to do this. And so I was like, it was kind of like, all right, I need to do this, not necessarily to do this for four years, but to do this because as a freshman, I have the time to do this. I have the opportunity to do this and I need to do it to prepare myself for the future. You cannot give what you do not have. And so like, I've been really trying to work on that as far as like, like this past year, I've been doing a lot of stuff with like with my peers as far as building good relationships and trying to make sure that our relationships continue to grow. So like, for example, this past Lent and before that, I had me and a group of uh, freshman guys, um, we did Exodus 90 together, which was very difficult. But through that, we were able to share our faith with each other to grow closer, build great relationships and and to prepare ourselves to have that experience. We could then share as far as, you know, maybe there's, there's a time later on in my life where I'm going to need to lead next to this group. And now I've I've been led in an Nexus group, so I have that experience with me. Kind of like Josh said, just being honest and like being being there when the opportunity uh, raises itself. Like it truly amazes me how many people are just searching for it and they're just waiting for someone, someone like just to not shove it down their throat, but for someone just to sit and listen and then just share. I would say the biggest things I did Lumen Christi, which is just yeah, going throughout the diocese and ministering to young adults like high school students and you know elementary kids and just preaching you know the lord's goodness teaching there um as well as i did like christ in the city last summer which is uh street ministry so you go out to the homeless and we just minister to them that would be those would be like my big yeses the small yeses that would like lead me to those would be just saying yes to bible study just like even going because even that brotherhood like just because you're not leading the bible study doesn't mean that you're not like helping each other grow but I also as well do lead a Bible study. Yeah, just trying to help the guys to see and just share the goodness of the Lord and just our faith and the blessings with that just through Bible study and just talking about his words. Another huge thing is just discipleship. So I disciple a few guys. I'd say the primary thing I do is obviously teach about the Lord's goodness and be a witness to that, but also just like loving them and caring for them. If we don't have love, you know, like is anything that we do worth it, you know? Just making sure like I actually do care about these men that I'm like trying to preach to the Lord or bring to the Lord, loving them first, loving them where they're at. These voices of the generations tell a small story of our present life of faith as Catholics. Only the listener can decide its value. C.S. Lewis wrote, If you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, You will not get either comfort or truth, only soft soap 
and wishful thinking to begin, and in the end, despair. I listened for hope and heard many voices. Then I looked for a man with hope and found a hundredfold who shared it. I heard the Lord laugh, saying, Did you think you could do this all alone? I could only answer, Foolish me. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Obiscum. <laughs>